we need each other. That's facts. I need, I need my sisters. I need my brothers out here. A coward dies a thousand deaths, and for all the bootlickers, may you die a thousand and one. The place for the realest conversations. Tori, you want all the action? Or you want all the smoke? Oh, this man, I'm with all that smoke too, man. I didn't see Ron Johnson. He trash. Chisholm is trash. How the hell are you here to help us and your kids are dying in the street? I understand that this is Milwaukee and everyone believes that if someone says something, it's mentioned. It's not. I don't care if it's the past. If you see the pastor acting right, you check that fool. Where's the results? Talking topics that need to be highlighted and discussed in our communities. Would you trade places with a black person? Uh, yeah, sure. No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever said the N word? Come on, be the ready? truth. We on the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Unfiltered and unfazed. This is the Tory Low Show on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. The reason I believe the racism is getting worse is because whites know that they will be outnumbered in about 20, 21 years. They're going to be outnumbered. Hey, Tory, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm actually from India. We brown people can totally relate with you. And sometimes it's like, did that just happen to me? We have to not let the government mind F us either. That cop ain't never been brought to the public because he ain't normal and he may not even exist no more. Say no more. Release the video. You know, you keep on doing what you're doing, man. You're going to take over this talk radio, man. Just keep on focusing on what you're focusing on. I wish you a lot of love. God bless you, brother. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Tori Lowe. Wendy boy, go crazy. Justice Wisconsin, the truth. The most requested advocate in the state. 101.7 FM. The movement continues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee, stand yeah. up, stand yeah. It's Tory Low, the truth from one to four. We about that action, so tap in and let's go. Uh, we want that justice, we want all the smoke. From Monday through Friday, trying to bring the city hope. Yeah, Tory Low from Tory one to four. Monday through Friday, let's go. We about that action from the block, and we ready, let's go. Tap in, and it ain't no holding back. We ready, we ready. 1017, the truth. Tory Lowe, Tory Lowe Show, live from American Family Insurance Studio, downtown at the Avenue. The movement continues. The marathon continues right here on 101.7 FM. Welcome to the second hour of the Tory Lowe Show. And we got to get into some of these stories. It's it's a couple of them. I'm going to try to open up the lines, Truth Nation. But I need to get to these stories because it's happening. It's happening and it's going down. Um, I want to swing over to Chicago. Lori Lightfoot is out as mayor in Chicago. She did not make it uh, to the runoff uh, for April 4th. And... Uh, a lot of people saying that this is sending a message, some type of message to the Democratic Party. But let's listen to what's going on in Chicago in the mayoral race. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has lost her bid for a second term. She failed to finish in the top two spots in yesterday's election. Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson will now advance to the April runoff. Millions of Americans will lose emergency food relief today. Pandemic era emergency. Hey, okay, so I guess we got the we got the first part. 
But uh, Lori Lightfoot, once again, is not uh, the mayor. She did not make it to the April 4th runoff. And from what I'm seeing is that this is one of the first times that this has happened since 1989, where an incumbent was denied uh, mayor for re-election. What does that mean to the Democratic Party? Uh, Chicago is the third largest city. And, uh, you know, I think that this is a message that we want some type of result-based outcomes. And once again, uh, we got these elections coming April 4th right here in Milwaukee. Also, we got the upcoming 2024 elections. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a different shift. I'm seeing different townships, black townships, starting to demand outcomes from the people they put in office. I think that everybody's starting to realize that if we can't get the outcomes that you run on, you know, when you get on these big platforms and you run and you say all the sweet things, you you just whisper the sweet nothings uh, in our ears. You know, we get behind you and then we don't see any type of improvement. And I think that right now we got people out here who are tired of the negative things steadily increasing. But yet here we go again. Hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You know, people took promising, making false promises without any tangible outcomes. So I'm going to tell you right now, this, uh, I'm a, you know, even here in Milwaukee, you know, a lot of people was trying to run for these seats, uh, these automatic seats that was open. And, and you know, some people say that those some of those people shouldn't have ran. But I'm going to tell you right now, y'all should have ran. Y'all got to challenge these people. And y'all got to hold these people accountable. Just because you lose an automatic race, that don't mean you got to fall the face off the earth, fall off the face of the earth. That means you got to hold the people that won accountable uh, to all of those candidates that did not make it to the April 4th ballot. You still got to hold the people accountable and we got to be watchdogs when it comes to our neighborhood. So I, I support people who are, who run uh, and, 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 you know, the establishment going to pick theirs, you know, you, that's why I say you got to watch it because the, the Democrat party and the uh, Republican party, they're going to pick their people. And these are the people you're going to see the most because they already accepted the agenda of the party and they feel like this is the person that's uh, better to uh, push our agenda. But you got to start looking down the list on these tickets. And I know the establishment don't like that. I know, uh, you know, different, you know, Republican Party, they don't like people running up against their idea candidate because that person is going to make sure that they keep that status quo. But I'm telling you, in 2024, I believe it's going to be a huge turnaround. It's going to be a huge turnaround in the city. After 2023, going into 2024, that big election, the mayor, the automatic seats is open. All of those local level seats, I believe that it's going to be a whirlwind. I believe that it's going to be a lot of people... uh, not pleased with the direction that the city is going in. And I think that, you know, 
You ain't, we ain't got a rush. It didn't happen overnight. What we're seeing now did not happen overnight. And change is not going to come overnight. But we can, we can hit the reset button. <laughs> we can regroup, rethink, and reshape. And I think that's going to happen. I'm predicting that. I'm telling you. It's a lot of people, they're not excited about uh, what I call, I call it voters fatigue. They're voters fatigue. They're, they've, they're voting, no matter if we come out in numbers, we don't see any outcomes. And even if we come out in less numbers, we just don't see it either way. We don't see any outcomes either way. So I think that people are going to be excited to get out and vote to make change, to get out and use their vote as a weapon to turn things around and, and get a new uh, kind of fresh idea, fresh philosophy on the community. I'm telling you, that, and they're going to come out too. They're going to come out for it. They're going to they gonna use that vote as a weapon to make some real change. It's gonna be so, it, may, it may take some time after they implement the changes as far as the, the philosophy, but I see it happening. And I'm looking across the board through, throughout the United States uh, in black townships, and it's definitely people being challenged right now on their campaign promises. It's happening. We just got to stick to it and hold these people accountable. And we got to look for transparency. But it's another situation we got to pay attention to, Truth Nation. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> like uh, the, the state lawmaker. This is a state lawmaker that suggested uh, down in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, the state lawmaker suggested hanging by a tree to execute death row inmates. Now he's apologizing. Let's check this out. Tap in. Coming down from Capitol Hill tonight after comments a state lawmaker made this week about a bill to add a firing squad as a way to execute death row prisoners in Tennessee. During an open meeting, that lawmaker suggested another way to execute those inmates could be, quote, hanging by a tree. News Channel 5's Jason Lamb has the fallout. All right, it's February 28th. Welcome to the Criminal Justice Full Committee. It was a typical meeting on Capitol Hill that quickly turned to a very atypical topic surrounding death row inmates and how they're executed. The uh, opportunity to add a firing squad as a method of execution. The suggestion of a firing squad in the wake of several failures from the State Department of Correction to properly follow protocol when executing prisoners using lethal injection, leading to questions not usually heard on Capitol Hill. Will a person be shot in the head or the heart or where will a person be shot? But then came the comment prompting an apology tonight. It came from Republican Representative Paul Sherrill from Sparta. Thank you Representative Powers for bringing this. I think it's a very good idea and I was just wondering about uh, could I put an amendment on that it would include hanging by a tree also. And, uh, wow. and also, uh, I would like to sign on to your bill, sir. Tonight, Cheryl apologized in a statement released from the House Republican Caucus, saying, I regret that I used very poor judgment in voicing my support of a colleague's bill. And 
My exaggerated comments were intended to convey my belief that for the cruelest and most heinous crimes, a just society requires the death penalty in kind. He goes on to say, My intention was to express my support of families who often wait decades for justice. I sincerely apologize to anyone who may have been hurt or offended. Jason Hey, look, that, that sound like... I, uh, look, this this is my opinion right now. It's, right, what I'm finna say is just my opinion. It sounds like he he working with the clan. It sounds like he being them backwood means, and uh, it just came out. Uh, this is a represent represent state representative Paul Sherrell. He's a Republican from Sparta, and this and this is why I can't get behind the Republicans. You know, because. I mean, some of the I got a lot of conservative ideas as far as family, you know, just kind of just if you kind of could compare what I talk about family with conservative, I think that some of that falls in line. But this is why people say if you get the Republicans in office, they, they you might get somebody like this uh, representative that might say we need to execute inmates by hanging them from a tree. And I can't believe he let these words come out of his mouth. I mean, it's already bad enough they talking about firing squads. You know, bringing back the firing squad, you know, as a way to uh, conduct the death penalty. But I'm going to tell you this. This is why I try to tell y'all. Like, this is, and I think that's why I'm pushing for an independent concept to manifest. I'm trying to manifest an independent concept. Because this is why a lot of people don't back Republicans. Because of this type of rhetoric, you know, and you openly said this. You openly said this. In in a form where we're discussing. That's televised. These people have no regard of of what I mean, they so out of touch or. Are they in touch, Benjamin? <laughs> Maybe they in touch. Maybe this is the plan. To bring back illegalizing hanging people from a tree. Wow. I mean, this is just horrible to hear. Horrible to hear. You know what I mean? And this is why, you know, when we talk about uh, if you're not a Democrat, uh, then you must be a Republican. That's a lie because sometimes the, the Democrat Party so far to the left and the Republicans are so far to the right. Many times the, 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 the rhetoric on both sides conflict with things that I believe in on both sides. Extreme. And I'm telling you, if we don't come up with an idea that's based on human, civil, constitutional rights for the people. We all are going to suffer in some type of way, no matter which direction you head in. Uh, I, and I don't do the lesser of the two evils. Somebody say, well, you got to. That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Somebody say you got to you got to support the lesser of the two evil. Like the word evil. You so you don't care. You just you, 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 you let that flow out your mouth like that. Evil. What good can come from that? Either way. Either way. What good can come from evil? See, see, in this world, we got to take our power back. And I'm talking about blacks, whites, Hispanics. I'm talking about everybody that pays taxes, everybody that have children out here. 
Y'all can't just be sitting back allowing uh, people to just run rogue when this is over. These some of these issues have to deal with your life and how uh, the next four years is going to look. I'm I'm kind of afraid. I'm kind of terrified that this is what we got coming out. And 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 you're gonna suggest hanging from a tree? Hey, I'm, I'm I want to add on to the bill, Benjamin. But you know what? Add on hanging people from a tree. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I can't even, you can't even make this up. This, this is America right now. Um, this is we're, this is happening in 2023. Hey, look, when we come back, it's even more, a couple more disturbing stories out here that we got to address that's going on right now. Truth Nation, stay locked in. You don't want to miss it. Truth Nation, it's time to tap in. Them lines got that smoke. Call now at 833-212-1017 so we can put you in rotation. Truth Nation, it's time to tap in. Them lines got that smoke. Call now at 833-212-1017 so we can put you in rotation. And now I'm here. And you don't know what it is. Wish was here when back then I'll be right there. It's 101.7 The Truth. All Talk Thursdays. Your boy Ben Jimmy. Hometown Thursdays. And now I'm here. And you're sitting there cold. Shout out to Mocha Harris. But stop it, do it. It's 101.7 The Truth. Tori Lowe Show. And you never woulda, cause I have to take shots if you ever coulda. And a couple K dots and a couple J rocks. I watch a top dog like a tank top and it's. I don't push the stars, quick clean. This is how we push the art. I'm taking tops. Man, I was on my wrist to watch. Came first, one second. Let me fix my car. Me and my ex on Seven the truth. Tory Low, Tory Low show. Benjamin on the one and twos. I got I got to stay I got to stay around Tennessee. I got to stay around Tennessee right now. It's a story coming out of Tennessee. Uh. Y'all know the the uh, police officers that got out in trouble for having sex inside the precinct down in Laverne, Tennessee. Well, the female officer who was fired in connection with the department sex scandal has filed a lawsuit against the department and her former colleagues. Now she's saying that she was groomed to be a, sl- a sex slave by the department. <laughs> oh my God! This story, I I, I even I. I sent her an inbox so I can hear her side of the story. But now she's speaking out uh, against what took place, saying that she had no choice in the matters. She had no choice, Benjamin. Let's listen to what's going on down in Laverne, Tennessee. I remember while interviewing for the position at Laverne Police Department, they described the environment as a family. However, while I was aspiring to protect my community, the Laverne Police Department was not protecting me. 
By now, most of the country knows what happened. Hall, four other officers, and the police chief were fired last month. This after two separate investigations found that Hall engaged in sexual activity and or shared intimate photos and videos with several male officers. The chief and two sergeants were among those implicated. Now Hall and her attorney, Wesley Clark, are suing those three supervisors and the city in federal court for civil rights violations. Megan wasn't looked at like a rookie cop to be trained and promoted. She was looked at as a piece of meat to be sexualized and exploited. Since the story broke, Hall, the lone female officer fired and only woman on the second shift, became a target nationwide for sexual jokes and taunting. I received harassing and threatening messages on my phone daily. I felt like I had been terrorized. And yes, now she is suing. No criminal charges have been filed in the case. Hall knows there are those who will say she was a consenting adult who willingly participated in sexual antics in violation of police department policy, and that now she wants to blame others, including one sergeant who targeted her early on. I know what most people are saying. You know, you could have said no. I get it. But my response to them is that I did say no and he wouldn't take it for an answer. Eventually I gave in from pressure. So it's not as easy to say she could have just said no. She did say no on several occasions. Miss Hall tried to get out of this relationship and she was not allowed to. Hall concedes she participated under duress. She's not saying she was raped, but adds that the salacious details made public of sex on the job put her alone center stage and do not tell the whole story. They isolated me, they shunned me, they accused me, and they blamed me for becoming a victim. Hall suffered from depression to the point of considering suicide and at one point was hospitalized. She felt trapped. My supervisors worked together to take advantage of my vulnerabilities and my mental health. And they used it for their gain and sexual pleasure. And that included the police chief, Chip Davis. The independent investigation found he was aware of what was going on and even received intimate photos and videos of Hall. Who do you even turn to when the chief of police is sexually harassing you? How could I get justice when the entire system, including the chief, not only condoned such behavior, but participated in it? I was lost. Oh, wow. I felt alone. Okay, she do got a point at the end where she said, who do you turn to when the when the police is the one doing the damage or doing whatever? They, I guess, you know, I don't know what to make of this situation that happened, but it's it's gross in, in certain points. But she got a career, you know, some, you know, they're going to turn this into a whole circus. And, you know, uh, Netflix you know that this going to Netflix. You know this is going to Netflix. You know some type of network right now is trying to get this. It's trying to get this. And, and I'm hearing crocodile tears in this because she's trying to get monies now and they're saying that she uh, was forced, right? But then she also says she wasn't raped and she kind of was kind of pressured. Where was her husband at? She didn't, I mean, she got a husband. I w- look, if you would have went home and told your husband, he would have came. He, you can't tell me if you told your husband what was going on at work, that this was going on, that he wouldn't have tried to come through and regulate. What if, what if, what if your girl or your wife, your significant other, 
is all she got to do is say, hey, look, I'm at work, and I think that these guys are uh, kind of harassing me. You're going to be up there quick. You, I want to hear what the husband got to say because did he know that this was going on? Plus, I, there's a, I mean, I, I'm against sexual abuse. I'm against sexual abuse. I go after people that sexually abuse people. But it seems like she kind of went along with this to even to a certain degree to where her husband may have not been in uh, in an understanding of what was taking place. Because that would be the quickest part. You, you, you're going home. After, after all of this is going on, you're going home to the husband. Or you would assume. But but like she said, the the police chief was trying to get some of that. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, you know, you know, she they sending pictures, they sending videos. I I don't know. I think she's trying to see what she can get out of the deal. Cause I think maybe you know, there's maybe extra things that could take place that she may take advantage of. But but I I believe I feel sorry for the husband, who and 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 I'm gonna tell you this. If I got a significant other and she just even says that a guy even looked at her at work where it made her feel uncomfortable, I'm coming up there and all hell about to bust loose up at the job. And, and she was getting bust down by, by a lot of people, you know, at sharing videos, doing things at work. Is she the victim? I'm, I'm going to open up the lines, uh, Truth Nation, because I, I can't call this one. I can't call this one. I thought I seen a little crocodile tears, you know, where she, where she, you know, when people say they're victimized. And I know victims. I deal with victims of sexual abuse. And all I'm saying is maybe it was a point where she tried to bail out of it. And that's when they was like, okay, well, if you bail out now, we may, you may lose your job because that we're going to, uh, Kind of, I guess she has some mental health issues. Now, I believe that. I believe that took place where they tried to keep her in the situation where she may have said, hey, I got a husband. <laughs> you know, can you imagine her husband looking through her phone and finding out about this? You know how y'all like to go and, and get somebody cold and try to look through the phone. It, it just had, I just had to be horrible, a horrible, a horrible experience. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing the talk to text come in. We go we go try to get we go try to get to y'all talk to text. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible situation going on. But like I said, and you wonder why people, you know, they talk about the the people in blue. I think you know you know what I don't think that the police officer should be allowed to say the blue, back the blue. It it creates division. It, it separates them from the community. Uh, it, it isolates them to their own. And, uh, you know, it's a false narrative. It, I mean, I, I think that back to blue is divisive. I, I don't think that police officers should say the word blue. I think that they should be uh, officers and, and, and uh, serve and protect all of that. But when you start becoming a gang back to blue, uh, it seems like they, they start to isolate themselves off from the other communities, other ideas and it's like it's like a it's like a gang mentality. So they had to break her in. 
It seemed like that she got into the department and then they just tossed her around and broke her in like a like some type of gang initiation. Hey. <laughs> when we come back, we gonna swing over to New York where protesters won millions of dollars for the violations, for the human and civil rights violations that they faced during protests in 2020. Stay locked in right here on Tory Low. Truth Nation, it's time to tap in. Them lines got that smoke. Call now at 833-212-1017 so we can put you in rotation. Do y'all know what it is, Truth Nation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Knowledge Now. He'll be stopping through next week for Hometown Thursdays. Let's go. Get ahead, go ahead if you're hungry. Sun kissed by the sun rays in the morning. Dallas on my mind, yeah, paper important. I turn to the face, so ever all gorgeous and breathe. Northside was teased, been focused on working on me. Yeah, that's just the least. Women and children been dying, man. When we gon' focus on peace, that should be a breeze. Still that gym of money trees and poverty if you can't with me. Embracing the soil, cause got in me. Action the universe like what you got for me. Keeping my head up, I can't let my conscience leak. I'm fed up, I feel like a dying breed. What get better? I swear it's a time of thing. On my mama's mama, that's inspiring. Gotta be hopeful, being raised off the hopefuls. Music resonates so full. Trying to be more coastal, can't be local. But I'm thankful to know you. Being raised off the block ain't really changed the stock. Stick to the paper route, I stick to the paper route. Well. 101, Seven the Truth. Tory Low, Tory Low Show. Being jamming on the one and twos. Truth Nation, we gotta swing over to New York because there's oh, it's always something coming out of New York, but uh the New York New York City agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement in the case of protesters, uh, I guess, uh, assaulted by police during the George Floyd demonstrations in the summer of 2020. So imagine 300 protesters filing a lawsuit for what took place to them, the brutality that they received during the protest, and they won a $7 million settlement. Let's listen. To what's going on in New York. Well, tonight the city is settling a lawsuit with hundreds of protesters from the George Floyd marches in June 2020. Each protester could get more than $20,000 in this agreement. All right, Fox 5's Linda Schmidt joins us now with more on what police were doing at those protests. Linda. Yeah, hi there, Stephen Natasha. Well, first of all, the lawsuit is focusing on a policing technique that is called kettling, and that is when officers surround the protesters, they corral them in so they cannot leave, and that it can also make it easier for police to make arrests. Some of the mass demonstrations in the spring of 2020 devolved into rioting and looting. As a result, Mayor de Blasio implemented an 8 p.m. curfew. It was on the second night of that curfew that protesters in the Bronx say they were assaulted, abused, and trapped by police using what is called kettling, corralling people so they cannot move. This was a peaceful demonstration, and as the protesters made their way down the street, the police officers stopped them, trapped them before the 8 p.m. curfew, kept them from leaving, and then um, moved in on them from all sides with overwhelming force. They were swinging their batons at people. They were using their fists 
they were um, spraying pepper spray. They physically picked up um, a few of our clients and threw them onto the ground. Attorney Ali Frick is one of the lawyers representing more than 200 protesters. The city has now agreed to pay the protesters several million dollars to settle a lawsuit. It will pay each of them at least $21,000. It demonstrates very clearly that the city knows that what happened on June 4th, 2020 in the Bronx was unacceptable and it was illegal. This is one of several lawsuits alleging the NYPD abused protesters who demonstrated following the police killing of George Floyd in Minnesota. The NYPD releasing a statement saying in part the time period was a challenging moment for the department. It was during the height of the pandemic as police officers covering the George Floyd protests were met with acts of lawlessness including wide-scale rioting, mass chaos, violence and destruction. Joseph Jackalone is a retired NYPD sergeant and an adjunct professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. You have to be careful that you're sending the wrong message, too, where basically you're saying that the police are neutered from this point on when you have to deal with a situation of civil unrest. And also for hey. you on this story tonight. Hey, look, you can't. Even, hey, look, I think that there may have been a situation uh in Milwaukee, where they probably, I don't even know if they even filed a lawsuit, but remember that situation where uh, police used tear gas on demonstrators and arrested 28 people uh, during a protest uh, in 2020? And uh, I really think that that could have been something that could have been challenged. They used like that, uh, I think that they said the tear gas could have been possibly banned tear gas that they use on people right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But I've been in protests uh, when I see the police use kind of like certain tactics to surround you. Um, I, I, you know, when I was earlier into my, you know, activism and advocacy, and I remember we was on ninth and ring uh, and we were protesting Derek Williams. I think we were protesting the death of Derek Williams. This was a while back. And the officers met us out there on, on, on ninth and Burleigh. We was leaving ninth and ring and we got to ninth and Burleigh and the police officers were out there and they were kind of like doing some of these, they weren't kind of confronting us, but they, they were standing in our way. Then they kind of like shoved into us like with their, you know, shields, they was like shoving into us, but they wasn't really, I don't know if they was trying to train on us or not, but um, eventually they tried to surround us. And I realized, like, why are we standing here? Like, we don't have to stand here. Let's just leave. Let's just walk, keep walking. See if they try to hold us back. So we just kept walking and they kept standing there. So I understand that there's several tactics that police use when it comes to protests, but these police officers in New York, they was trying to beat the mess out of people. <laughs> they was they was doing whatever they could, taking out the frustration on the protesters. So these protesters are scheduled to get, these New York protesters are scheduled to get uh, $21,000 a piece. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good amount of money. Uh, and you never see hardly ever large protests, uh, people from protests filing these kind of lawsuits, but... There was an incident that I believe that if if they were going to do that right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and that is when they uh, tear gassed 
the protesters uh, back in 2020. I, 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 I don't even, I think that was in Waukesha. Or no, I think that was in Wauwatosa. It could have been the Wauwatosa Police Department. It could have been the Milwaukee Police Department. I, I don't know. It was a lot of things going on in 2020. I, 2020 seemed like it, it was, it's like a blur. It was it's so many things that came and went. And once the elections was over, that's why I say, like, man, like, once the elections was over, all of that died out. And now it seemed like we're back at ground zero. Like, all of the people went back home, and we're still getting situations like Tyree Nichols. We're still getting situations right here in the, in the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like uh, Breon Green situations or, you know, uh, Keyshawn Thomas uh, you know, we still haven't resolved the Joel Acevedo that happened before George Floyd. I mean, where are we at? You know, it, you know, when it comes to dealing with uh, issues of justice reform, I think that we took a route that was politically motivated. And I think we should have took a more paper route where attorneys need to file these lawsuits. And I keep saying if we really want things to get done, we need all of these black attorneys that we see on TV that that's across the country. We need them to come together and file a lawsuit on the behalf of black America. That's that's what I that's what I've been saying. And I didn't talk to a lot of black attorneys. I've been I've been telling them, hey, look, if we really if we really want to get some real outcomes, we can't be sitting up there talking and Sniggling and giggling. We got to put some paperwork on these people on these. We got to put some paperwork on the government head. And and that's why I like Benjamin Crump, because he filed a lawsuit with the family of Malcolm X for the assassination of Malcolm X for the wrongdoing. And it's showing that you can file lawsuits against uh, government agencies, the FBI. So, so their lawsuits can be filed. But I. I think we need to go for the big boy. I think that we need to file a lawsuit for reparation. Hey, look, when we come back, we'll have more conversations. Stay locked in right here on Tory Low. Truth Nation, it's time to tap in. Them lines got that smoke. Call now at 833-212-1017 so we can put you in rotation. The process and the end product are equally as valuable. Yeah. I don't got it yet, but I'm trying. You yeah, y'all know what it is, Soup Nation. Shout out to Cam Will. Go listen to his song, Pretend. This year ain't been called that, but we can pretend. It's 101.7 the truth. Hometown Thursdays. Like this car ain't got no squeaks, pretend. You are rocking with the greatest hype man on radio. It's your boy, Ben Jammin. Having a truth, Tory Lowe, Tory Lowe show. Truth Nation, today's been full of things that we've been going around the horn. We've been trying to get you up to date on what's going on out here across the United States uh, when it comes to the struggle, when it comes to the movement. But there is something going on uh, in Mississippi. I think this is Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. We got to talk about this, a Mississippi House Minority Leader on alleged modern-day Jim Crow. 
Like they is they trying to do Jim Crow down in Mississippi, and it has something to do with Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, once again, ain't, it's, ain't it a water issue going on down there as well? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what what is going on down in Jackson, Mississippi? Well, they're saying it's a bill to change Jackson judges. Looks like Jim Crow. Let's listen. Let's see what's going on in Mississippi. In-depth reporting on a topic that we have been watching. Jackson, Mississippi, back in the spotlight. The state legislature at odds over a bill creating a separate court system in the capital city where court officials would be appointed by state officials instead of elected. And nearly a fourth of Jackson would be under state control. It is the most recent example in a long history of clashes between the city of Jackson and the state of Mississippi. What will the bill look like by the time it reaches the governor's desk? Zinkley Asimwat has the story. A new Mississippi bill is fueling controversy and protest in the state's capital. The bill is aimed at crime, the state facing a higher homicide rate than any state in the country, according to 2020 CDC data. With Jackson's homicide rate increasing 66% from 2017 to 2020, according to policy group Empower Mississippi. On Thursday, controversial elements of the bill were scrapped in the state Senate, but tensions remain. State Democrats initially calling HB 1020 racist and unconstitutional. The original State House bill expands an 8.6 square mile district in Jackson known as the Capital Complex Improvement District or CCID growing to over 26 square miles within the city. It also created a new court system in the district where officials would be permanently appointed by state officials and not elected by Jackson residents. And the bill moved jurisdiction from the city of Jackson's police department to the state's Capitol Police. It's taking power away from Jackson residents, but it's, it's really kind of creating a city within a city. State Representative Ronnie Crudup Jr. adding the proposal may have had to do with race. Jackson's 85% black, but a, a lot of our uh, more fluent and white residents were included in this expense of the CCID. The House bill's author, Representative John Thomas Trey Lamar, denies allegations redistricting was due to race. All I'm interested in is helping make the capital city of the state of Mississippi safer. That's it. The House bill now amended in the Senate by State Senator Bryce Wiggins. Nobody, white, black, green or blue, will tell you there's not a crime problem in Jackson. We've got to get a hand. They and us have got to get a handle on it. His updated bill reverses the district expansion, eliminates the proposed new court system and requires state and city police to reach an understanding together or go back to the drawing board. Capitol Police have had always had jurisdiction over the state capitol. What the Senate bill does is extend jurisdiction of the Capitol Police Department to all of the city of Jackson. All right. So, like I said, this is Jackson is majority black. And so if they let the state take over, I mean, would the crimes be charged differently? I mean, it's only it's like like the. One guy said it was it's like creating a a city within a city. And I guess Jackson is the capital of Mississippi. Like a lot of the black leadership down there saying that this is Jim Crow. This is what they saying. They trying to uh, reformat this uh, largely black township in a way where uh, the state police have the control and not the local. So I'm interested in seeing how this turns out. Protests, people are fighting against it down there in Jackson. Plus, Jackson has a multiple, multiple things going on down there. 
And, uh, you know, this is something that they try to do off the radar while people are uh, probably down there dehydrated or, or, or not, you know, what they call uh, living day-to-day trying to survive. Here they go trying to do this over here. And I would wonder what state control would look like if they do this. I, 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 I would wonder what would that mean for the 80% black residents. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to keep y'all updated on that. But look, when we come back, when we come back, I want to make sure that I can open up the lines because we had so much going on uh, on the show today. I, I was hoping that I can open up the lines. When we get to the top of the third hour, I will open up the lines. If you want to talk about uh, what's going on uh, with the officer, uh, Megan Hall, that claims she was sexually groomed. Down in Tennessee, y'all can call in and talk about that. If y'all want to talk about the protesters who won $7 million in New York, we can talk about that. Even if you want to talk about the state lawmaker that suggested hanging people from trees. <laughs> I can't believe this. He, he suggested hanging people from trees uh, as a way to uh, handle the death row inmates. <laughs> Big Jam. Oh, my goodness. It's getting ridiculous. It's 2023. And you can't even make this up. Hey, look, when we come back, we're going to open up the lines, Truth Nation. Stay locked in right here on Tory Lowe.